0: All of our elementary and middle school students are dismissed now to their classes. Well, one of our, if you didn't know, one of our core values here at Wellspring is. Investing in the next generation. We want to be a church that is a resource to the younger generation. And if we are going to do a good job doing that, there's something that we absolutely have to take seriously. And that is mental health. Light University recently said, without question, mental health-related issues will be one of the top three issues facing the church and the world community if not the greatest issue, over the next 10 years. One in four Americans have a mental illness. So that means that we have between 15 to 20,000 people in the city of St. Joseph with a mental illness severe enough to be diagnosed. We have between 60 and 80 people here at Wellspring with the diagnosable mental illness. I'm one of them. Even if you're not diagnosed, Chances are you struggle with overthinking, catastrophic thinking, believing false narratives, struggle to feel your emotions and process your emotions, other areas, other issues that impact your life. And last week, Pastor Bob nailed it when he said, when we have flawed patterns of thinking, it is impossible to see God, ourselves, and others clearly. Many of you are teachers and healthcare workers here in St. Joseph, and you see every day the impact that trauma, neglect, abandonment, and mental illness has on those that you love and care for. Some of you are shaking your heads. A local police officer told me that the greatest issue in St. Joseph is mental illness. It is the top issue that our city is facing. Think about that. The COVID pandemic that we've been going through the past few years certainly did not help matters as we were forced to isolate, which is the exact opposite of how we were created to live. I am currently a student at the Townsend Institute at Concordia University in Irvine, California, and the founder of my counseling program is Dr. John Townsend. He is one of the world's leading Christian psychologists who sold millions of books, probably his most popular one being Boundaries, with his fellow psychologist and friend, Dr. Henry Cloud. I have a photo here. I had the privilege of meeting Dr. Townsend um, this past August in Southern California. If you look closely, I look like a lobster. Um, Southern California is real. Um, I thought I was cool and spent some time on Laguna Beach not putting on sunscreen, and I immediately regretted that decision over the course of the whole week. Um, Around 90% of the content that I'm going to be diving into comes from what I'm learning and what I've um, really been examining the past several months through the Townsend Institute. Um, The book Boundaries is a big one, obviously, we'll dive into. Um, Dr. Townsend's book People Fuel, and then a book called Changes That Heal by Dr. Henry Cloud have been critical in putting this series together. So, Do yourself a favor and consider buying some of those. People fuel boundaries and changes that heal. So, without further ado, let's begin our new series titled Flourish. Flourish means to grow in a healthy way. It means to thrive. To say that someone is flourishing means that they live a life of meaning and purpose, and they give their life to helping others. All of us want our lives to flourish. The problem is that many people do not experience flourishing because we don't understand, we underestimate the amount of work that it takes to change, which leads to growth. Change does not happen by accident, right? It is an intentional pursuit. Most of us do not understand the consequences of not changing, Our passivity hinders others from experiencing the abundant life of Christ. I'm going to say that again. Our passivity hinders others from experiencing the abundant life of Christ. Our target is perfection, Jesus. So there should not be time in our life where we're not growing and maturing. Of course, we have seasons of rest and pruning where we cut back. No doubt about it. But to follow Christ is to be on a lifelong journey healing and growth. And I want to give you guys a visual of what's really going to kind of guide our series here. This is the competence and character growth path. This is the foundation of my entire program. Everything centers on this growth path created by Dr. Townsend. So obviously we have a tree broken into three parts. The bottom is the soil and the nutrients. Just like Trees, if it's gonna thrive, it has to have good soil and good nutrients. And so do our lives. We need grace and truth, not only from God, but we need that from our parents. We need that from key individuals in our lives. We need relational nutrients. We're gonna get into that here in a little bit. Nutrients such as attunement, affirmation, encouragement, challenge, advice, feedback. We need these things to thrive. Then at the top of the tree, obviously, we have the fruit. This is the fruit of our lives. This could be beautiful, good fruit, or it could be rotten, ugly fruit in our personal, relational, and work lives. And where my program spends the vast majority of our time is in the trunk of the tree that we call our character structure. Our character structure is broken into four areas attachment, separation, integration, and adulthood. Any good or bad thing in our life results from what's happening in these four areas. If you're having relationship, work, marriage issues, it's because there is a problem in one or all of these four areas. If you've ever wondered why there is a gap between what you know to be true and how to living that out, it's because there is a deficit in one or all of these areas, and we're going to be spending the next few weeks diving into our character structure. If our character structure is healthy, we will grow, and we will flourish, and other people will reap the benefits of our development and our maturity. And so today we're going to talk about the first and probably the most important area of our character structure, attachment What in the world is attachment? We have a definition here. The Townsend Institute describes attachment as the ability to enjoy need-based relationships and regulate emotions. Enjoy need-based relationships. What in the world does that mean for us Americans who are so independent? To enjoy need-based relationships means being willing and able to be vulnerable by expressing our needs to others. That is key to attachment. When we have our emotional needs met, it helps build secure and healthy attachment. It helps us to trust people, to trust that we're lovable and to accept that, thus propelling us into deeper relationship with others. And our attachment style starts to be formed, it begins to be formed from the day we were born. Some people argue it happens actually at conception, while we're still in our mother's womb. Dr. Kurt Thompson had this quote, We are all born into the world looking for someone, looking for us. Chew on that for a minute. We're all born into the world looking for someone, looking for us. We are born with a desire to be seen, to be known, and to be loved from day one. And Jesus himself experienced this. He experienced attachment. The fact that Jesus was born to a woman and had a connection with a mother and had attachment to his mother is pretty profound considering he's God, right? (laughs) Pretty profound. He went through the normal process of human growth and development, human existence, and he laid out the example of what flourishing looks like. And his first human experience was the attachment that he felt to his mother. I have a great quote by psychologist Bonnie Zoll. She said, there's something awesome and wonderful and how God entered the world as a baby. A baby who no doubt formed attachment relationships with his parents and grew to have strong friendships with his disciples. And then there is something terribly human in the fact that on the cross, he was abandoned by his closest friends and completely separated from his own father. Excuse me. It means that Jesus Christ knows, not by doctrine, but by experience, the joy love, fear, pain, anger, and sorrow that accompany our attachment relationships. It means that when we feel abandoned by God, God himself understands. And just like Jesus, from day one, we express our needs to our caregivers. None of us remember that. We were too little, but we express our needs. We're hungry so we cry. Our diaper is wet, we want it changed, so we cry. We're in pain, so we cried. When we express our needs and we don't get those needs met, it impacts our ability to trust others. As adults, it can make us desperately need reassurance because we're not sure where we stand with people. And in extreme cases, it can completely shut us down Emotionally, because we feel unworthy of love. And many of you have seen this either in your life or in the life of someone that you love. You are a loved one, were perhaps neglected and abandoned as a child. Your needs went unmet. When you cried, no one came to your rescue, no one gave you attention the attention that you needed to build secure attachment to show you that you're loved and that you're safe. Simply put, when our emotional needs go unmet, bad things, sometimes terrible things, happen. It twists our thinking patterns. It negatively impacts the way we relate to others and impacts our willingness and ability to trust others. In essence, without secure attachment, we will limp through life. Now we're going to look into what this plays out and how this has played out in the Bible. There's no greater example of healthy, secure attachment than what we see in the Holy Trinity. None. The Father, Son, and Spirit are one, attached, and secure in each other's love. Open your Bibles with me to John chapter 17. If you're using a pew Bible, I think it's page 1540. Correct me if I'm wrong, somebody. Page 1540. John 17, verses 20 and 24. So this is Jesus' prayer to his father right before his betrayal. And his death. Verse 20. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. Speaking of us. That all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me. That they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory. The glory you have given me because you love me before the creation of the world. This is the language of attachment and security straight from Jesus' lips, okay? He says, you and I, Father, are one. You have loved me. We are attached. I am secure in your love. And not only are the Father, Son, and Spirit securely attached, but Jesus, Jesus even describes our attachment to God and to others within This passage, he prays that we as believers would be united, attached to one another, and attached to him, one with God. Perhaps the most obvious example in scripture of secure attachment comes from King David and his friendship with Saul's son, Jonathan. These two men loved each other deeply. Scripture says that Jonathan loved David as his own soul. They were loyal to each other, served each other, and they openly expressed their emotions to each other. 1 Samuel 20 shares a story where they wept together. Two grown men weeping unashamedly, expressing their emotions to one another. They both experienced secure attachment through their friendship now we're going to take a little bit of time hang with me some of you are going to be super stoked about this we're going to dive into attachment styles right now okay so we can put that slide up there are four attachment styles hopefully you can see that four attachment styles that we need to be aware of this is all of us all humans okay and we are typically one of these most of the time This is from therapist Julie Manano. She's known as the Secure Relationship Therapist on Instagram. So this is a very, very general overview of what your attachment style might be. So top left, you'll see secure attachment. That's what we want. That's what we need to thrive, okay? It means we're comfortable with closeness. We trust that we're valuable. We trust that we're worthy of love. We communicate openly and honestly. We can need someone and be independent. We can be vulnerable and we can hold someone else's vulnerability. That's what we want. And then we have three insecure attachment styles. Avoidant, anxious, and disorganized, okay? These are not good. (laughs) These are not good, okay? Top right, we have an avoidant attachment style. Someone with an avoidance style struggles to know their feelings. Some of you might have light bulbs going off right now. Being close to others can be uncomfortable and even mysterious. Emotional problems are tackled with logic and reason. No clue really how to properly deal with conflict. Someone with an avoidance style might even say, what are attachment needs? I don't have those. Bottom left, we have anxious attachment. Someone with an anxious attachment style fears rejection and abandonment. They need a lot of reassurance, but they have trouble believing it. They might take care of others, but can often at times feel resentful. They're desperate to be heard and validated, and they crave closeness, but they associate closeness with abandonment. And then finally, bottom right, we have disorganized attachment style. This is the rarest of the four. But someone with a disorganized attachment style has an inner experience that can be chaotic and confusing. They pull people in their life, then push them out. They're scared. They have a negative self-image. Their caregivers were unpredictable, maybe even abusive. Their behaviors are unpredictable and hard to categorize. And they've likely experienced a lot of trauma. Take a photo of that image. And consider what attachment style maybe best describes you. A lot of you already have your phones out. Awesome. Ask a close friend or a loved one to help you pinpoint maybe what style you tend to fall under the most if you're struggling to figure that out. That would be a great assignment, especially if this is new, new material for you. And my hope today, guys, is just to raise an awareness that this attachment stuff is important okay? I could spend weeks talking about this. I'm barely scratching the surface. I just want you to know that it's impacting your life in deep ways, whether you're aware of it or not, okay? So I'm just trying to show you how important it is, then put the ball in your court to figure out maybe where you land and what your healing journey might look like. So to be upfront with you guys, my attachment style ebbs and flows between secure and anxious attachment. Anxious being most of my life, secure being probably since I started working at Wellspring because we're healthy. Um, just, just to be blunt, I've, fear, I've feared rejection and abandonment throughout a lot of my life. I've needed a lot of reassurance And this fear of abandonment and this need for reassurance has propelled me to go out of my way and to do anything necessary to make sure that people approve of me. Approve of me and approve of what I'm doing. Anxious attachment has impacted my relationship with God because whenever I thought I was screwing up, I feared that God rejected me or didn't quite accept me as much as he used to. I thought God loved me more when I obeyed and loved me less when I disobeyed. And guys, that is messed up thinking. Messed up thinking that I've carried with me a lot of my life. It is such a false view of God that I have had to work through to let him love me in deep ways to teach me and accept that his affection of me is not determined by my performance, okay? That has taken a lot of work. I've came a long ways, but I have a long ways to go as well. So let's leave that up. Oh, we we still have it up, good. I wanna hear from you guys. Some of this, you know, maybe a few of you. Some of you might know this. Some of you, this is new. So based on maybe where you identify where you land within your attachment style, I'm going to open this question up. How do you see that potentially impacting your ability to connect with God? How do you think your attachment style affects how you relate to God and others? The floor's open. We don't need to go into a long narrative of your life, just kind of in a nutshell. Maybe where you think you land and how it could be impacting your relationship with God and others. Yes, I don't know who that is. Yes? I feel like if we have a certain attachment style to other people, we're going with that same attachment style to God. And God's going to love us in His way, not our way, we're just going to feel like He doesn't love us. Okay, so which which style would you fall under? Anxious. Anxious, okay, good, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. God's going to love us His way, not in the way we think we need to be loved. James, right? Good stuff. Who else? Okay, yep, anxious, fearing rejection, okay, good, not good, but you're getting it, yes? Okay, avoidance style, living life by yourself, doing things on your own, how has that worked out? Not good. good. (laughs) I went to high school with Bill, so we're good. Nikki. So helpful to see this rapid you look like even in our marriage and fettiness. But we have very nice to know that there's anxious emotional women. But I Shut up But it also makes things like a little Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes, yes, we got light bulbs going off. For those of you that are married with maybe someone of the opposite style and the challenges that can bring, even if you're married to someone with the same style, that's going to bring a totally different set of challenges, right? If you're both maybe anxious and you both are needy, oh my gosh, that can be really exhausting. Sure. Yeah. Like I'd be quite that too. So when, when I'm healthy, I'm experiencing secure attachment, but I mean, even this past week, I, I went back to my old anxious attachment style, something kind of wrecked me and it's just like, Oh, I suck. I, I need to prove myself. And it's just like, Oh my gosh. Like, it's never like, Oh, I'm secure now. And I'm good for the next 50 years. It's going to be something right. It's a journey of healing and growth. Oh, Brad is ready. All four, okay, <laughs> okay, yeah, so if you're struggling to maybe pinpoint one down, i mean there yeah, there's seasons where we're gonna ebb and flow. Think back to your earliest childhood memories of how you felt accepted and how you expressed your needs and how your caregivers did at meeting those needs or not meeting those needs. That'll help maybe clarify. So, good, we gotta move on for time. But I wanna show you guys now the follow-up image from the same therapist, Julie Manano. This is what healing looks like for the specific areas. Yeah, some of you are in therapy and you're busting your phones out, I love it. I'm not gonna read them all, But this gives you an idea of some of the things that likely need to happen and how you relate to others, grow in your self-worth, and learn to express your feelings and your need to others. I'd recommend that you take a photo of that, too, and let this be a conversation piece with your spouse or a loved one, pinpointing what your style might be or tends to be, and maybe what is some of the healing work that you have to do. Maybe that's before you, that God is willing to partner with you to grow towards that secure attachment in him. While I was in California last fall, Dr. Townsend was speaking, and he said, We need to need. I'll never forget that. We need to need. We need others to meet our emotional and relational needs if we are to be healthy. We cannot flourish or thrive if people do not meet our emotional and relational needs. But the problem is most of us are not even aware of what those needs are. We are so out of tune with our emotions and our relational needs that we can't fully express them or even remotely come close to expressing them because we don't even know. Being aware of and expressing our needs to others takes a key ingredient that a lot of us run from, vulnerability right vulnerability is crucial to attachment without vulnerability we will not express our needs to others vulnerability can be risky in his book changes that heal Dr. Henry Cloud says that vulnerability is key to secure and healthy attachment listen to this he says the word vulnerable literally means open to criticism or attack You need to be so open with your needs that you are open to attack. Based on that definition, how vulnerable are you? How vulnerable are you with trusted people in your life? Our attachment style is developed in the early years of our childhood, beginning day one, and unless it is examined, like I'm trying to, Show, unless it is examined and worked through, we will most likely carry that style into our adulthood and live with that style for the rest of our lives unless we examine it and work through it. So, if we have an insecure style of attachment, our ability to receive God's love and to relate well to others will be profoundly hindered. If we struggle to trust others, most likely we will struggle to trust that God is even trustworthy himself. If engaging in intimate, vulnerable relationships is extremely difficult for you, you're gonna struggle to have an intimate relationship with the Father. But thankfully, guys, it does not have to be this way. It does not have to be this way because our God is in the business of restoring and redeeming the broken areas of our lives. He invites us on the lifelong journey of healing and growth, nothing can separate us from the love of God. But in order for us to truly accept that to the core of our being, we've got to examine what hinders us from fully believing that in the first place. And that's what we're trying to get to today. Then, when we fully accept that, we can begin to change and eventually flourish. This past fall, I started kind of a beta group um, with six men here at Wellspring. We call ourselves the Avengers because we're ballers and I look like a superhero, right? I got the form. Um, shut up, Bob. H- Hater, yes, thank you. Jeez, my goodness. So we've been meeting the past four months. And I've been testing this material out on them. I wanted just to pass this on to help them grow, um, but really I've been kind of testing out, hey, what, what's gonna click with these six that I could kind of incorporate into this series, and some of the stuff that's eh, not really resonating, maybe I won't get into some of that. And so I wanna invite one of those men up, Mr. Nick Codeman. He's gonna come and share for a few minutes about what he's learning about attachment in his life. So let's give Nick a warm welcome
1: good morning thanks so i'm one of justin's lab rats um no but seriously it's been it's been good um and i'm thankful for the journey so far uh i i'm brand new and uh just at this whole attachment thing i we we went through a little bit of attachment we we've adopted a couple of children and so learned a little about attachment styles um I always thought I was really secure just because I'm pretty confident in who I am. Um, I grew up in a household. Mom and dad are still married. I've got a sister. Very loving. Just everybody was generally happy. Um, What I've learned as I've kind of dug in uh, is that the reason we're happy all the time is we didn't really deal with any of the other emotions. So (laughs) it wasn't that we didn't get angry. We just kind of just pushed it aside and and waited for it to go away. So, um, having that modeled, I, I, like I said, just now I'm, I'm growing and growing up. I've, I've grown up, I'm raising a family and, um, and learning that there's a lot of emotion that comes just with living life. Um, so I, I tend to be, like I said, I grew up most of my life probably thinking that I had a pretty secure attachment, um. I, what I've realized through this is that I'm, I'm very avoidant. So, um, I, the, the, I guess the two that stood out the most on that list is I have a hard time knowing my feelings or even knowing that I have them. So, um, I just always thought you just put a positive twist on things and, and it's fine. You know, everything's good. Um, and then I never really learned how to deal with conflict in relationships. So, um, again, this is all stuff I'm digging into. The reason that I'm up here is because I'm really bad at a lot of this. Um, but, uh, so, so we've, my wife and I have started through some, some relationship counseling, um, which has been really good. I've, I'm basically going through the Avengers stuff with Justin is like a counseling, uh, also. Um, and so I guess to back up a little bit though, he talked about vulnerability. So that word, just kept showing up in sermons um in through counseling through um some things that i'd been reading just was everywhere um and so and i've always thought that i was a really vulnerable person because i just don't really have anything to hide i just i was always pretty open did you know i had guys that i was close to that i shared everything with and so i was like man i'm vulnerable but then you think about um just that getting to the point of of being hurt and i I don't know I guess first of all I don't know if I know I mean I've been hurt before but I don't know how how well I even really know what that's like but what I've realized I guess is that I've not ever been vulnerable with my feelings because I don't really know what they are so um, that this is kind of just a, a bit of a journey that I'm on um, let's see I've made some notes because I can wander uh, so yeah, I just—I guess one of the things that's really stood out is that um, Justin shared with me, maybe vulnerability for me is not necessarily showing, um, or I can experience vulnerability just by going through tough things with other people and really starting to feel their their hurts and and all of their emotions. Um, and that might thats i have i guess, fortunately or unfortunately, been walking through some some close friends with some through some really hard things. I've never cried before, so I'm not going to now. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so anyway, that, I think that's, that's a lot of get, getting into the, from vulnerability onto work. I've just, like, the things that I'm working on is walking through other, others uh, that are close to me through some tough stuff. Um, like I said, Megan and I have done some couples counseling, which has been really good. We, um, you probably don't care, but it's not like our marriage was on the rocks, but we just were like, there's more here. We've, we love each other. We've, we've been you know we had a great life we've got wonderful kids but it's just like if we kind of started looking at like if we're here in we've, we've been married 20 years 20 years from now if we're in the same spot have we really experienced all that all that there is so um that that was kind of the motivation for that um I've sought out a mentor um I've got, been through the in the counseling group I've actually been dubbed I don't know how to do it yet, but I've been dubbed the feelings captain of my small group, so that's pretty exciting. I've got a bunch of men that are just, like, we're really, really close, but we all, we're all really bad at sharing our feelings, so um, hang on, guys. It's going to be fun. So we're all going to learn that together, but anyway, so that's some of the stuff that I've been going through, so I think I'm probably at time, but that was a scattered mess, but is that what you wanted to hear from me? All right. Awesome. Thanks. Thank you, man. Oh,
0: that was awesome. Thank you, Nick. I'm really proud of you, man. He's, for real, he's really been diving into this stuff, even though it's painful. He's been avoiding a lot for a lot of his life, but he's diving in, so I'm really proud of him, and you're going to get a chance to hear from some others as well. Um, so maybe you're sitting here thinking, hey, this is, like, kind of cool, but what do I do? Like, cool stuff, Justin, but what do I do with this? And I'm glad you asked, okay? Okay. So I put together a list of five potential next steps you can take. I'm not telling you to do any of them, but I'm just going to lay these out for you of steps you could take to grow in healthy and secure attachment. So take a photo of this if you'd like. So one of them could be discover your attachment style and what healing might look like. I'm going to forward an email. I'm going to send an email to Bob today. He's going to forward to the whole church with the two attachment style images that we've shown Use those to have some conversations with your spouse or a loved one. Second one, learn to feel your feelings. What in the world is that? I suck at doing this. This is actually my goal this spring. I'm diving into my emotions, okay? I'm going to send you guys a link to um, a great therapy website that guides you on how to feel your feelings because this is foreign territory, for many of us so this will guide you on how the heck to do that okay so that'll be included in the email number three be vulnerable with one trust twisted trusted person in your life this week okay share something do something that's risky okay that's what vulnerability is we cannot have attachment without vulnerability number four Express your emotional needs to others. I'm also going to include in this email uh, a document from Dr. Townsend with all of the emotional and relational nutrients that exist. I think there's 24 of them to help you pinpoint, I need affirmation right now. I need advice. I need encouragement. I need attunement. It'll help you pinpoint what you need so that you can express those needs to others, okay? That's how we have healthy attachment. And then the last one, consider meeting with a counselor. I'm, a, I'm getting a counseling degree. I am a major advocate for counseling. I'll say it till the day I die. I think we all need counseling at various points in our lives. Life is way too difficult to navigate alone. I think to believe you don't need counseling at some point is you're either a fool or you're living in denial. So take that for what it's worth. But consider meeting with a counselor if that's maybe a next step that you need to take to navigate some of this stuff. Um, So be looking for an email. If you're not on the church-wide email list, talk to me or Bob today, um, and he will add you to that so you can get all these resources. I'll also link all the books to this stuff if you're interested as well. So I want to end with this, church. God knows your story. He knows the pain and the heartache that you have been through. The unique suffering that you have endured and he wants to meet you right where you are his hand is extended to you waiting for you to grab hold and walk with him on the journey of healing healing and growth regardless of where you've been or what you've done in this life if you've been a person fortunate enough to grow up and experience great attachment from your childhood Consider how you could be a resource or a support to someone who has not had that same experience. How could you help them live out our mission statement of creating a new normal for their life? Of secure attachment with God and others. How might you come alongside them and help them experience God's compassionate and tender heart? There's a lot for us to consider and process as we come to the communion table here today but more than anything I want you guys to know that healing is possible if you're stuck if you don't know where to go if you're like is this all that life is growth and healing are possible you will have a role to play in that pursuit that change can happen it will be work but we have a savior fighting for our hearts interceding for us, literally praying for you right now by name, sitting at the right hand of God. He knows exactly what you need and the exact steps to take to help you grow with your unique story and your unique personality. So that alone should be enough for us to rejoice today as we come to the communion table, all right? I'm going to pray for us. Then after a time of silence, um, our ushers will dismiss you. You can come forward, take a piece of bread, dip it in the juice, and we have a gluten-free option if you need that as well. Let's pray together.